I, I do a podcast. I'm not, I'm not interested in your podcast. The anathema of God was for those who denied justification by faith alone. When that is at stake, we need to be on the battlefield exposing the air and combating the air. We are unabashedly, unashamedly Clarkian. And so the next few statements that I'm going to make, I'm probably going to step on all of the Vantillian toes at the same time. And this is what we do at Simple Reform on the radio, you know. We are polemical and polarizing Jesus style. I would first say that to characterize what we do as fashion is itself fashion. It's not hate, it's history, it's not fashion, it's the Bible. Jesus said, Woe to you and men speak well of you, for their fathers used to treat the false prophets in the same way, as opposed to blessed are you when you have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness. It is on. We're taking the gloves off. It's time to battle. Dr. Piper, in your defense of the gospel against uh, N.T. Wright, have you found federal vision theology of Doug Wilson to be another gospel? No. That's easy. Doug Wilson doesn't preach another gospel. Okay? Maybe I don't think N.T. Wright preaches a false gospel either. I think N.T. Wright preaches a very confusing gospel. The burden of that book is to say, tell us more clearly what you mean if you think all of this in different categories really coheres with historic Reformed theology. I, I wonder, I wonder if it does. I doubt, but I'm, I, didn't, I wanted to be so careful. I sent the manuscript to him. He wrote an 11,000 word response. That was, a, that was a third the length of my book. And he wrote that much response. It helped me a lot to catch on to some nuances. Commenting on Paul's statement in 2 Timothy 3.13, Paul warned Timothy in his final correspondence with him before he died that wicked men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving others and being deceived. And John Calvin wrote a sentence that I wish every pastor had plastered over the door of their study. Quote, it is highly necessary for godly teachers to be reminded of this, to be reminded that wicked men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving others and being deceived themselves. And Calvin says that we need to be reminded of this, that we may be prepared for uninterrupted warfare and may not be discouraged by delay or yield to the haughtiness and insolence of adversaries, end quote. There are new Galatian heretics today. There are new Galatian Judaizers today. The new perspective writers like N.T. Wright and the federal visionists like Steve Wilkins, Peter Lightheart, Rich Lust, Doug Wilson, Steve Schlissel, and many others. The names change, the nuances change, but it's always the same rehashing of the same old errors. Listen to N.T. Wright in his own words in his newer book, which I just got on Kindle, The Day the Revolution Began. I was reading this in the, in the introduction. Quote, we have paganized our understanding of salvation, substituting the idea of God killing Jesus to satisfy his wrath for the genuinely biblical notions we're about to explore. End quote.
The idea that Jesus died in the place of sinners, says N.T. Wright, is, quote, closer to the pagan idea of an angry deity being pacified by a human death uh, than they are to anything in either Israel's scriptures or the New Testament, end quote. And T. Wright rejects the concept of Christ satisfying divine justice against our sin at the cross completely. He denies that entirely, comprehensively. No substitutionary atonement whatsoever in N.T. Wright's theology. He denies that our sins are imputed to Christ and that Christ's righteousness is imputed to us. Says Wright, quote, If we use the language of the law court, it makes no sense whatsoever to say that the judge imputes, imparts, bequeaths, conveys, or otherwise transfers his righteousness to either the plaintiff or the defendant. Righteousness is not a substance, an object, or a gas which can be passed across the courtroom. This gives the impression of a legal transaction, a kind of cold piece of business, almost a trick of thought performed by a God who is logical and correct, but hardly one any of us want to worship, end quote. And T. Wright also said, quote, I must stress again that the doctrine of justification by faith is not what Paul means by the gospel. The gospel is not an account of how people get saved. Are you hearing this? First Corinthians 15. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel by which also you are saved. As John MacArthur said, N.T. right is N.T. wrong. <laughs> yeah, you can clap. It's not something wrong. <laughs> and there are Protestant ministers today who promote this man's incredible array of false teaching, obfuscations, contradictions, and simple denials, frontal attacks on the core gospel and biblical truths that are the very lifeblood of the Christian. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast. My name is Tim, and you are listening to Semper Reformanda Radio. So what you just heard was a little bit of a promotional clip to advertise one of our podcasters, Pastor Patrick Hines. And uh, I want to encourage everybody out there to turn off John Piper and to turn on Patrick Hines. We played a little clip of his latest episode, and it is a fantastic episode. I want to encourage everybody to listen to episode number 16 of The Protestant Witness. And we contrasted that to an interview that John Piper did, uh, in which he was asked about Doug Wilson, and in which he said some really outlandish things. Uh, I find it remarkable that in the preface of a question about Doug Wilson, Mark Driscoll prefaces the question by telling, by saying, in your defense of the gospel against N.T. Wright. And so here we have Mark Driscoll uh, crediting Piper for defending the gospel against N.T. Wright, to which John Piper then goes on to clarify that he does not believe that N.T. Wright preaches a false gospel but rather he preaches a confusing gospel. Well, that is troubling to say the least, and it is flat wrong because N.T. Wright does in fact preach a false gospel, and thankfully we have uh, faithful godly men like Patrick Hines who are willing to point that out. And also, the gospel is not confusing. Anybody who's telling it the gospel is confusing is likely preaching a false gospel themselves, and here we do, in fact, believe that Piper preaches a false gospel because he says that faith alone, a faith which produces and manifests itself in good works, 
uh, and is therefore a true and living faith, a faith alone is not enough to get you into heaven. It's only enough to justify you. So we are going to uh, tackle that issue one more time in a future episode. Uh, Carlos Montijo is about to publish his part two of his article on uh, the John Piper controversy. And uh, we want to encourage all of our listeners to read that. It is long, it's lengthy, but it is well worth your time. Uh, so we also want to uh, go ahead and promote a an upcoming event in which we're going to have Brandon Adams and Pastor Patrick Hines talk about baptism. So that is going to be interesting. Pastor Patrick Hines is a Presbyterian and Brandon Adams is a uh, Reformed Baptist. And, uh, and so we are definitely looking forward to that. And I also wanted to promote Timothy Kaufman's new series. It is called From the Diving Board, and he is evaluating and looking closely at uh, testimonies from people who have converted from Protestantism to Roman Catholicism. So that is a big mistake. Don't do that. But do check out his latest episode. I believe uh, he's, he's done episode one, and it is very good. Timothy Kaufman is a first-rate historian, and he's a first-rate theologian. So if you haven't heard Timothy Kaufman yet, please check him out. Uh, we have a whole page against Rome, uh, which is basically all of his work dedicated to tackling the errors of Romanism. It is fantastic. Um, and then we also have Radio Lux Lucid. Hopefully, Steve Matthews will be coming back soon, uh, but be looking out for that. So... Today we are going to play a sermon by Carlos Montijo. Uh, it's his first sermon that he's ever preached, and unfortunately, it's uh, the sermon that he preached at his father's funeral. We want to tell our listeners, uh, thank you for praying. We, we received messages from some of our listeners uh, asking how they could be praying or just uh, telling us that they were praying. We'd mentioned a couple of episodes back that Carlos's dad had end-stage cirrhosis of the liver, and uh, his dad did pass away about uh, two weeks ago. So our deepest condolences go out to Carlos and his family, but they are comforted in knowing that his father did believe in uh, in Jesus as his Savior. He did believe uh, the gospel. He believed that Jesus died and rose again from the dead, and that he was the only... that. that believing in him was the only way that he could enter into heaven. So uh, we're very grateful for that. Uh, I want to commend Carlos for uh, laboring intently to preach the gospel to his father daily. Uh, every chance he had, uh, he preached the gospel to him. And uh, it's it's just a wonderful uh, testimony to God's faithfulness. So with that being said, let me go ahead and play this, uh, this sermon um, and once again, let me give our deepest condolences to the Montijo family. God bless. That psalm that my sister read became very dear to my father before he passed away. He would ask uh, my mom repeatedly to read it to him, give him comfort. Ese salmo que acaba de leer mi hermana, Salmo 25, este, mi papá la, la apreció mucho sus este, últimos días y le preguntaba a mi mamá que le pedía a mi mamá que lo leyera a él este I want to thank you all for coming very much uh, for your 
love, your support, your prayers, your condolences. Um, I never thought that my very first sermon would be about my dad's funeral, but here we are. Uh, les quiero pedir muchas gracias a todos por venir, por todas sus condolencias, sus, su amor, su apoyo, sus oraciones y sus condolencias. And it really, I don't think it's really hit us yet, the, the reality of his loss. Uh, this is really just the beginning for us, I think, for the grieving process. And, uh, but we, as short, as unexpected his death was for us, um, even though we all saw it coming, we are nevertheless, I'm nevertheless extremely grateful that the Lord gave us to him for that long and that we were able to enjoy his company and uh, to be with him his, his dying days. Este, nunca me había esperado, este, no, no nos ha impactado su muerte todavía tan fuerte como probablemente en el futuro nos va a pegar, pero estoy muy agradecido con el Señor porque nos dio 62 años con él, este, y podemos, pudimos apreciar muchas memorias eh, con, con él, y es, and it's for I wanted to share some a passage from Ecclesiastes chapter three. It speaks about how there is a time for for everything. For everything there is a season, and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to seek and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. Este, un pasaje de Eclesiastes, el libro de Eclesiastes, capítulo 3. Dice, todo tiene su tiempo y todo lo que se quiere debajo del cielo tiene su hora. Tiempo de nacer y tiempo de morir. Tiempo de plantar y tiempo de arrancar lo plantado. Tiempo de matar y tiempo de curar. Tiempo de destruir y tiempo de edificar. Tiempo de llorar y tiempo de reír. Tiempo de endechar y tiempo de bailar. Tiempo de esparcir piedras y tiempo de juntar piedras. Tiempo de abrazar y tiempo de, de abstenerse de abrazar. Tiempo de buscar y tiempo de perder. Tiempo de guardar y tiempo de desechar. Tiempo de romper y tiempo de coser. Tiempo de callar y tiempo de hablar. Tiempo de amar y tiempo de aborrecer. Tiempo de guerra y tiempo de paz. And for those of us who knew my dad, um, it has been and will be a time to a time to to weep, to mourn, to embrace, and to love. Para los que conocimos a los que conocieron a mi papá, ahorita y en el futuro va a ser un tiempo de de llorar, de de lamentar, de amar, y este. I wanted to share some memories, some of the fondest memories that I have of my father. Um, he, he blessed us with a, with a very good childhood. 
He was a he was a good father. He was not perfect. Nobody's perfect, of course. Um, but he blessed us with a very good child. Este, mi papá nos trató muy bien cuando éramos niños. Nos nos dio un, una niñez muy muy bonita. Nos cuida muy bien. And uh, one of the fondest memories I have of my father was at my wedding day. Um, he actually, we had a situation where my, we had to order, pre-order uh, dinner plates for everybody who was going to attend. And uh, we ended up ordering a bunch of them and only ha about half of the people attended. So we were left with 10 extra plates and we didn't know what to do with them and it was gonna cost a lot of money. So I just, I didn't know what to do. So I panicked and I ran to my dad and I told him that I, uh, we have a bunch of extra plates. I don't know what to do with them. And, and all he said was, excuse me. He said, don't worry, I'll take care of it, my son. Esa es una de las memorias más apreciadas que tengo de mi padre cuando este, nos casamos. Y este, ordenamos muchos, plazo, muchos platos extras para la cena de la recepción. Y este, no más que, no más este nos, nos quedó varios platos y no sabía qué hacer con ellos y entonces estaba un poco paniqueado y corrí a mi papá y le dije ¿qué vamos a hacer? y mi papá simplemente dijo no te preocupes mi hijo no te preocupes yo me encargo de eso he also he loved to he was very playful with our kids. He loved to draw boats for my son. Le encantaba dibujar barcos para mi hijo. He was, my son loves boats. He loved to play with our kids. He was very playful. Así encantaba jugar con nuestros niños. He had, uh, he was famous for his salsas. He was very good chef. And he made very good sauces. They could could have been world famous sauces. Era tenía mucha fama por sus salsas. Era muy muy buen chef, muy bien cocinero. And um, he bought me my first car, my first truck, which I called Tigger because it was orange. A Ford Ranger. También me compró mi primer carro. Era una troca naranjada. Era, he was an extremely hard worker as well, very studious. He was very brilliant. He got an MBA, and um, he was, uh, he was, ever since I could remember him, he would always be studying and reading and reading technical books. And desde cuando estaba chiquito me acuerdo viendo a mi papá cómo leía, estudiaba, and um, he was always, he was always very. Uh, diligent. And he also uh, inculcated that in us, to, uh, to my, me and my sister, to, to pursue uh, studies, to be diligent in, in our studies and to pursue them. And, and my sister and I did 
uh, excel in academics and in college. And um, he, he's, it's very funny because I, I always say that my dad was my, my seminary trainer. I've never been to seminary, but my dad was, because he was so smart, he would always spot inconsistencies in everything that I, whenever I would talk to him about the Bible, he was not, he, he didn't believe uh, for a time, and uh, we would always go back and forth and argue. He loved to debate. Le encantaba mi papá a debatir, este, a discutir temas de bíblicos y de la religión. And um, it was, uh, he always immediately saw implications, the, the, the inconsistencies in my, in my beliefs and when I would share with him. And so he helped me to become a better believer, a, a more consistent Christian, and uh, to understand the Bible more consistently. And we also, towards the towards the the end of his life, but not too far where he wasn't too debilitated, we had a Bible study on Romans that we finished as a family, and uh, we had a lot of very fond memories, good memories of that. He uh, he always challenged me. He had he always had something to say, but he 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 would he would listen and he would he was very attentive. Este también. Tuvimos un estudio bíblico sobre el libro de Romanos, que es uno de mis libros favoritos de la Biblia. Y este, él este, siempre era muy atentivo y discutíamos mucho. Este, and he, he wasn't perfect by any means. He had many faults. Pride especially. My dad was a very proud man. Um, and the Bible has a lot to say about pride. The pride cometh before a fall. I'd go to destruction in a haughty spirit before a fall. Um, but thankfully, uh, the Lord actually convicted him of that towards the end of his life, and he was able to share with me that he, uh, that he, he felt very convicted for, for his pride. Que mi papá no era perfecto, tenía muchas, muchas este, este, faltas, ni tenía muchas, no era perfecto. Tenía mucho orgullo también, este, porque era lo que le inculcaron sus, Sus, uh, su familia, pero el Señor lo convenció de su pecado y, y le, le abrió los ojos para que vea su, su orgullo. Este, um, he had a lot of personal struggles and he he, he had he, he struggled a lot with with many many issues and he fought to the very end uh, to the point of dying. But he was very blessed to be surrounded with his family towards the end of his life and to be surrounded by those who love him. Este, mi, mi papá tenía muchos, este, tenía muchas batallas, muchos, este, muchos, este, batallas que, que tenía que pelear y nunca dejó de pelear, pero también estaba muy bendecido de estar con todos los que lo aman y, y los que lo, lo, los, lo querían y lo amaban, estaban ahí con él. And one of the, my last conversation that I had with my dad gave me a lot of hope and encouragement because even though his mind was, was faltering because of the cirrhosis and the ammonia levels, um, I, uh, I talked to him about the gospel, about Christ and about God, and I asked him if he believed that Jesus is God, and he said yes. And, I asked him if he believed that Christ died on the cross for, for his sins. 
that he suffered the wrath of God on his behalf? And he said, yes. And I knew he wasn't just saying yes just to, just to say it because he himself then told me that, um, that Christ is the only way, that he is the only Savior. He's our only Savior and our only salvation, our only hope. And I was very encouraged by that. That gave me a great hope that he is up in heaven with the Father and with the Son rejoicing. La última plática que tuve con mi papá fue sobre el tema de la salvación y sobre el Evangelio. Y le pregunté que si creía que, que si Dios, que si Jesús era Dios, y dijo que sí. Y que si, este, si creyó que Jesús murió en la cruz por sus pecados y que sufrió la ira de Dios en su, en su lugar. Y dijo que sí. Y, y sé que no, no solo estaba diciendo que sí, porque él, él mismo me dijo que Jesús es el único camino, como dice Jesús en el Juan capítulo 14, versículo 6, que Él es el único camino, la verdad y la vida, que nadie llega hasta el Padre, sino a través de Él, que es el único Salvador. And um, on his deathbed, so because, because of this, this hope, this great encouragement that, that, I, that I got from this conversation, on his deathbed, on his deathbed, I reminded him that if he is in Christ, then there's no more judgment. There's no judgment uh, to face on, on that final day. There is no judgment. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That is what the, one of the greatest treasures and greatest truths that the Bible shares all throughout the Old and New Testament. There is no longer any judgment for those who believe in him. And... Um, in John chapter 5, verses 24 through 25, Christ said this, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and, and is now here. When the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. En el Evangelio de Juan, capítulo 4, versículos 24 y 25, dice, De cierto, de cierto, os digo, el que oye mi palabra y cree al que me envió, tiene vida eterna, y no vendrá condenación, mas ha pasado de muerte a vida. De cierto, de cierto, os digo, viene la hora, y ahora es, y ahora es cuando los muertos oirán la voz del Hijo de Dios y los que oyeren vivirán. And so that was what I, one of the things that I encouraged my dad with, not to be anxious and not to be fearful of facing God because he has Christ now and so there is no condemnation. We are no longer, those who believe in Christ are no longer sinners. They're no longer criminals in the eyes of God and God is no longer a judge to them. It is because Christ himself said on the cross, it is finished. It is done. And so, instead of sinners, we are now sons. And instead of God being a judge to us, He is a father to us. He becomes our father. And, he beco and Christ, instead of our accuser, becomes our greatest advocate. Yes, the. Todos los que están en Cristo, todos los que creen en Cristo por su salvación. Ya no son pecadores en los ojos de Dios, son, ya no son condenados, ya no, son, ya no van a ser juzgados porque 
Cristo dijo en la cruz, ya se cumplió. Ya no hay nada más que pagar, porque Cristo es el que pagó la pena de muerte por todos nuestros pecados. Ya en vez de pecadores somos hijos, y en vez de, y en lugar de que Dios sea nuestro juez, ahora es nuestro Padre. Y Cristo en vez de nuestro, en vez de nuestro, de ser nuestro acusador, el que nos acusa va a ser nuestro, nuestro gran abogado y nuestro salvador. And so, one of, another amazing truth about, that the, that the scriptures share, that the scriptures talk about, about the resurrection that Pastor Joe ch uh, touched on in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8. Uh, it says, yes, we are of good courage and we would rather be away from the body and home with the Lord. And la segunda carta de Corintios, el capítulo 5, verso 8, dice, pero confiamos y más quisiéramos estar ausentes del cuerpo y presentes al Señor. So the Bible talks about how when departed, when, when believers who have died before the final judgment, They go straight to heaven to be with God, to be with the Lord, to be in heaven, except that they do not have a body yet. La Biblia explica que cuando los creyentes en Cristo, cuando los cristianos cuando mueren, van directamente al cielo a regocijar en el cielo con, el, con el, la, la Santa Trinidad y con todo el pueblo de, de Dios que, que ya ha muerto, no más que todavía no tienen cuerpo. And so, this, this is why we grieve. We still grieve. Uh, we still feel the loss of, of my dad, but we grieve in hope because we have a hope in God and in Christ. And, and the Bible even tells us in Romans, Romans 8, 28, that All things work together for good to those who love God and to, for those who are called according to his purpose. All things, no matter how bad, no matter how ugly, no matter how wicked and bad they may seem, all things ultimately work together for God's people and those who trust in God. Así que todos los que conocíamos a mi papá todavía dolemos, todavía sentimos y todavía lamentamos, pero lamentamos con esperanza porque tenemos la esperanza que vamos a ser reunidos con él en el cielo, con, con Dios. Y la Biblia dice en, en Romanos 8 eh, que todo lo que pasa, lo leo aquí, Romanos 8, el capítulo 8, verso 28 dice, y sabemos que a los que aman a Dios todas las cosas les ayudan a bien. Esto es, a los que conforme a su propósito son llamados. Entonces tenemos esta esperanza en Cristo a ser reunidos con Él however there is one condition you might call it there is a major uh, major condition that um, is required for, for this salvation all of these blessings all of this mercy grace forgiveness justification resurrection glory glorification all of these benefits come with a condition y nos, hay una, pero hay una condición, hay una, una condición para recibir todas, todas estas 
todas estas bendiciones, esta misericordia, gracia, la, el perdón, la justificación, la resurrección, la gloria y la glorificación de Dios que nos da, tienen una condición. It doesn't come by default, no viene por default, no viene automáticamente, porque Dios no está obligado a salvar a nadie, porque somos pecadores, y los pecadores merecen el, el juicio y la ira de Dios. It's not, uh, the, Christ said the very first words that came out of his mouth in the public, when he started his public ministry, in Mark chapter 1, verse 15, he says, He says this, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Las primeras palabras que Dios, que Jesús dijo cuando inició su ministerio público, dijo esto, El tiempo se ha cumplido y el reino de Dios se ha acercado. Arrepentíos y creed en el evangelio. And that is the condition that we must meet in that sense, that we must believe in order to receive these benefits. Este, it must be Christ and Christ only, Christ alone. Not saints, not Mary, not your own good works, nothing. Nothing can be added and nothing can possibly make up for the perfect work and perfection that is required for God, for God's holy, perfect, righteous standard. Um, he demands perfection. His law is perfect and he demands for you to fulfill all of it. Not one jot can be can can be faltered. If you and the, the Bible says in James that if you fail at one point you fail them all. And so it must be a perfect work, a perfect life. And we are not perfect. None of us are. We are all sinners. We are all born sinners. And that is why the only one who can save us is Christ and Christ alone. Ni santos, ni, ni, la, ni María, ni nuestras buenas obras, nada nos puede salvar porque todo está manchado por nuestro pecado. Todos somos pecadores. El único que no es pecador es Cristo. Y Dios demanda un sacrificio perfecto, un cordero perfecto sin mancha. Y ese cordero perfecto es el Hijo de Dios, Cristo Jesús. And so, that is why nothing can be added to Christ, that not a single good work, in the, in the Bible, in fact, says that in the book of Isaiah, that all of our righteous deeds are filthy rags in the eyes of God if we try to use them to justify ourselves, because it's a, it's a spit and mock on the perfect life and the perfect work of Christ. Nothing else is required, nothing else but simple faith in Him and His finished work on your behalf. Nada más se puede agregar a la obra perfecta y la vida perfecta de Cristo. Nada más. De hecho, la Biblia dice en el libro de Isaías que nuestras buenas obras, entre comillas, son toallas sucias en los ojos de Dios. Porque no nos pueden justificar porque somos pecadores y estamos manchados con el pecado original. No podemos ahorrar nuestra salvación y no podemos ahorrar nuestro... Eh, no podemos vivir esa vida perfecta. Y Dios requiere, obliga la perfección, la vida perfecta. Y esa vida perfecta solamente la pudo cumplir Cristo. And that is why neither saints, nobody, nobody died on the cross. 
The saints did not die on the cross. Mary did not die on the cross. Nobody died on that cross except for Christ alone. Ningún santo, ni María, nadie, nadie murió en esa cruz, pero Cristo. Cristo es el único que pagó esa pena de muerte, y Cristo es nuestra única esperanza. And apart from him, you will face God as judge, and you will not have these blessings, because if you did not trust in Christ for your behalf, you will face him as judge and as a sinner. Aparte de Cristo, si no tienen el perdón de Jesús, y si no creen en Jesús, van a enfrentar al a, a Dios como juez y no como padre. Porque lo, la única forma en, 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 de que nosotros podemos ser perfectos es si Dios imputa la, la, la vida justa y perfecta de Cristo en nuestro lugar. And so that is why, that is also why the, we have another problem. That problem is that we cannot choose God because we are by nature sinners. And therefore, we are at enmity with God. We are the enemies of God. That's what, it's sinner, what, that's what it means to be a sinner, to be at odds with God. And therefore, God must choose us. And if, we, if God did not choose us, we would not choose God ourselves because we are sinners by nature. Y es por eso que también hay otro problema que porque somos pecadores, nosotros no vamos a escoger a Dios porque nosotros estamos en un estado de enemistad contra Dios. Estamos contra Dios porque somos pecadores y somos egoístas y queremos hacer nuestra propia vida aparte de Él. Y es por eso que Dios nos tiene que, nos tiene que escoger a nosotros. God must choose us and that is what Christ himself said in John 15, verse 16, that you did not choose me, but I chose you. Que Dios... Cristo mismo dijo que en el, en el Evangelio de Juan, capítulo 15, verso 16, que ustedes no me escogieron, pero yo escogí a ustedes, porque Él es el buen, el, el buen pastor, y Él es el que cuida a su cordero, a sus corderos. He is the good shepherd who takes care of his sheep, and he, his sheep hear his voice, and they come to him. Then death is no respecter of persons. La muerte no discrimina, viene para todos. Um, not not too long ago, my my niece also passed away, Sophie, my sister's daughter, and um, she was just an infant. She was only she only lived a few hours after she was born, and so death does not discriminate. La muerte viene para todos, hasta para los bebés también. Mi sobrinita también murió hace no mucho tiempo, y y la muerte no respeta la edad, no respeta a nada, a nadie, ningún credo, nada. And why is that? The Bible, we've already kind of touched on that, is because the Bible says that we are all born in Adam. And that means that we are born under the guilt of Adam and condemned in Adam. Que todos nacimos en Adán. Y eso quiere decir que nacimos con la, la pena de muerte de Adán y con la condenación que Adán recibió cuando desobedeció a Dios en el, en el jardín de Edén. When Adam disobeyed God in the garden, we all became guilty in him. And that's what the Bible explains in Romans 5, in the book of Romans, that we, um, we, when we covered this in, in, in the Bible studies, my dad had plenty to say about that, but ultimately he seemed to have come to, to reconcile that and to recognize that um, people don't often have a problem with accepting Christ as their Savior on their behalf, but they have a problem when they, when the Bible talks about how Adam, we are guilty for, of Adam's sin, but that is how uh, God chose to to save us, and that is how God has chosen to work. Que Adán 
todos los que están en Adán mueren, lo que dice la primera carta de Corintios en capítulo 15. Y solamente los que están en Cristo son los que viven. Only those who are in Christ, the second Adam, the last Adam, that's what the Bible calls him. Only those who are in him will receive these benefits and blessings. Solo los que están en, en Cristo y solamente en Cristo pueden recibir estas bendiciones y la salvación. And so as we remember my dad and, and his life and his death and we reflect on these things, I also urge you to reflect on your own fate, to consider your own death, because it's coming for us all. It's just a matter of time. And so I urge you to consider these things and to trust in Christ alone for his mercy and for your salvation. Así que cuando, ya que estamos tomando este tiempo para reflexionar y para sobre la vida y la muerte de mi papá, de mi papá, les pido también que reflexionen sobre su propio destino y donde ustedes van a ir. ¿Cómo van a enfrentar a Dios como padre o como juez? Espero que consideren estas cosas y que confíen solamente en Cristo para su salvación. Thank you very much. God bless you. Gracias y que Dios los bendiga. Thank you, Carlos. Thank you, Ori. It was beautiful. I should have read it in Spanish. I should have stayed here, but it's okay. Muchas gracias a todos ustedes. Les agradecemos mucho. Esta es la única oportunidad casi en momentos así tan tristes que se pueda, que puede ir la gente la, las cosas de Dios. Que ahora, pues claro, cada, cada quien tiene su Dios, ¿verdad? Por, por eso dijo Carlos que nosotros nos cogemos a Dios. Escogemos a, que, a uno... Que, que figuramos en nuestra imaginación, que nos queda, la, que queda la manera en la que vivimos, el estilo de vida. Pero mi Dios es bueno y me bendice, y sí, tengo mucho pecado y sigo cometiendo, pero mi Dios es bueno, es, lo, lo inventamos, lo, lo hacemos conforme a nuestros gustos, pero ese no es el Dios verdadero. El Dios verdadero no lo podemos conocer si Él no se hace conocer primero. Y esa es la gran misericordia de Dios, que se hizo conocer uh, You know, uh, as, as uh, Carlos was saying, you know, we, we cannot choose the true and living God. We all have a, 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 an invention of God, a creation of our own liking, a God that fits our lifestyle, that uh, uh, I'm okay with, uh, that, I, that, that is accommodated to me, because I don't like the God of the Bible. He's too harsh. He's too inconsistent. Well, he's not the inconsistent. Our minds are the inconsistent. Our finite uh, uh, minds are inconsistent. Uh, another encounter that uh, I, I talked about, one encounters Jesus with the Sadducees and Paul with the philosophers, the Epicureans and the Stoics. Pablo se enfrentó con los filósofos en Grecia, in Greece. Uh, the same philosophies that we see today, existentialism and uh, all the junk, the Nietzsche, uh, Jacques Rousseau, and uh, all those God haters. Mark Twain hated God in his uh, Huckleberry Finn adventures. He, he mocks Christianity, but I'm pretty sure he knows right now that he was wrong. He faced God. But um, there's so much hatred towards the God of the Bible. People are okay with the gods of other people, but the God of the Bible is just too narrow, too, too bigot type of God. 
that's the God that we hate by nature. And it's the God has revealed himself to us in scripture. Throughout the ages, different people, men from different backgrounds, from different ages. I would not trust a person, a book that was written by one person like Muhammad. One book by one guy, I wouldn't trust that. The Bible was written by 40 authors from different ages, from different epochs, from different uh, backgrounds, and it's so consistent. If there's any inconsistency there that we think we see, it is explained clearly by the scriptures when you read the whole from Genesis all the way to Revelation. That's what really convinced me by God's grace. Uh, but I pray that the words that were shared here um, would do an effect in our hearts because we will all face death, all of us. Uh, none of us can buy ourselves away from death. And either we meet him as a father or as a judge. And I pray you all meet him as a father. He has made that available for us. There's not a single person that's going to accuse, of God, accuse God of being unjust. The Bible says his, right, his judgments are righteous and perfect. There's no unrighteousness in God. So when we stand and we think we can uh, interrogate God, we realize that uh, the, Bible, the Bible says every mouth will shut completely. We won't be able to say anything because all our sins, if we haven't been forgiven, will be exposed before us with much shame. And that's why this is the only opportunity when a loved one uh, passes away that we can hear from the God we shun, the God we ignore, the God we do away with through atheism, which I don't believe that atheism exists. Atheists are always angry people who are angry with God. Um, Karl Marx was angry with God. Uh, uh, Voltaire, in his deathbed, cursed God. He denied God, but then in his deathbed, he cursed God. So it's the inconsistency of atheism. But the truth is that we all are worshipers. We worship either the true living God or we worship the God of our own making, intellectualism, scholar, scholar, scholarism. Uh, we worship self. We worship uh, man, we we crown man and exalt man, a mortal being, a bubble in the ocean. That's what we worship today. And every university should have on their entrance, professing themselves to be wise, they have become fools. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. And what a shock. As soon as their eyes close, physical eyes close, and their spirit springs forth from this debilitating body. They stand before this God whom they denied the rest of it for all their lives. Then the Bible says, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. I bless each one of you and I ask the Lord to strengthen each one of you. And think about it. Think of God's grace. He gave you an opportunity to hear this message. It's not about denominationalism or some religion, it's about the God who revealed himself in scripture and revealed himself through his son, Jesus Christ. So I'm gonna ask you all, please just, shall we stand as I give the benediction? May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Que la gracia de nuestro Señor Jesucristo, el amor del Padre, Y la comunión del Espíritu Santo vaya con todos ustedes. En el nombre de Cristo Jesús. Amén. Muchas gracias.
se abre el seminario, esa es la magia, y vamos a tocar junto a la cruz de Cristo, en el 207, el seminario de San Oh, my God. 